We are live. JW Megawag Show. I'm your host, the Candy Man. We got a candy buffet here. And tonight, here for a special treat, we got a comedy showcase here. Um, yeah, Friday night. Woo! Who's pumped? I'm pumped. Wow, this place is just getting more packed by the second. It's just <laughs> All right. Hey, so first up, we got a Casey, Casey McNeil. Yeah. Wow. How is everybody? <laughs> Feeling good? Okay, I got to loosen up a little bit. I got to take my jacket off at least. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I live in Boston now, but I'm originally from Michigan. I'm from the hickey redneck part of Michigan called Michigan. Uh, when you're from Michigan, you're branded with this doofy look that no matter where you go in the world, you always look like you're from some dumb place like Michigan or a Lipitor ad or a department manager at Walmart. I guess that's, I don't know if you didn't recognize me, how about that? Is that... Apparently, when you look like this, in any Walmart in America, you bring your A-game, you're going to be answering some questions at Sporting Goods. I uh, tell you what. I was in this Walmart uh, near my hometown. These two ladies start coming up to me. I know what's going to happen, right? That happens all the time. So I start sort of moving away. They start coming closer, faster, faster. Pretty soon, they're shouting out to me, sir, sir, I, sir, sir, we need to know where the cosmetics are. Why won't you help us? So I finally get kind of fed up. I said, look, you really want to know why I won't help you? Because we don't even want your business in here, lady. So you and your pajama pants friend are going to have to find your health and beauty products at Kmart, I think. <laughs> no sticker for you. Um, <laughs> but somebody said, don't worry about this. If somebody comes up to you like that randomly in a place of business, it's because you look like you own the place. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. These two ladies walked into the Walmart in Tewksbury, Massachusetts, took one look at me and went, oh, my God, is that Mr. Walmart? Let's go get a selfie. Mr. Walmart will be signing autographs in the clearance section next to the 2016 date planners. Now, the thing that's interesting about Walmart, how come Walmart announcements have an introduction? Attention, Walmart shoppers. Yeah, who the hell else is going to be in there? <laughs> Those of you here for the Warhol exhibit can ignore the following announcement. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, it's, it's funny to me that they think that I work at all. Much <laughs> less work there. <laughs> No, I, well, I suffer from a new, I suffer from this new strain of senior memory problem. It's called Granddaddy Purple. <laughs> yeah, so there's always a few people laugh at that joke. Then I know who to hit up for weed after the show. No, I'm, I got a big weed smoker. Where's my weed people? Any, yay, all of us almost in the room, I imagine. Oh, so yeah, I, I love it, you know, and people say, oh, you know, you should just buy your weed from the hippies and all that, you know, it's just, I was a hippie myself, I waited 40 years to buy my weed in a store, man, I'm going in the pot store to buy my weed, what a great, it's like a, it's like a, a surreal experience, and of course, they got everything, you know, they got edibles, and they got the, the, the vape cartridges, they got the, the regular flour, they even have a patch, you know that, now I can smoke weed while I'm sleeping, that's but uh, I think it's great that they have to observe all the customer service protocols of the dispensary. So like, I go up to check out my weed. I'm like, yeah, let's see. We got a half an ounce of Granddaddy Purple, two vape cartridges, and a brownie. Have a nice day. I'm like, bet on it, pal. Have you smoked this stuff? I'm on my way to buy condoms. My day is shaping up just fine. 
They're uh, getting on board in Canada. They get the recreational marijuana everywhere up there, which is pretty cool. You know, they, you guys know Budweiser is going to make drinks, and Coors is going to make drinks, and marijuana drinks. That's, that's great news. I'm waiting for McDonald's to get in there. Yeah, make us an adult Happy Meal, you know, a cheeseburger with a pre-roll. Do the thing first. But I got kids at home, you know, so it's like, it's weird because I can't just smoke around my kids. That's the other reason why I want to go to the dispensary. I mean, what am I supposed to say to my kids? Hey, kids, want to go down to the McDonald's parking lot? You know, uh, so I like to get, I got to get my weed in the store. But I get home, I don't want to smoke in front of my kids. You know, so you got to find stuff to do. You got to find reasons to go outside and that. But how many times a day can you take out the fucking trash? You know, it's just... It gets a little overwhelming there. So what else is what else is going on? What do I want to talk about? You guys, as you guys know, I got I got to smoke this week. I have a lot of mental disorders. I have the ADD. Let's hear a hand for the ADD. Who's got that? The attention deficit disorder. That's a crowd favorite. It's not, you know, they rebranded that for you snowflakes. When I was a kid, it was called minimal brain dysfunction. Because that's apparently how you build character in children in the 60s, you know. But uh, I have the ADD, but that's no big deal. Like I said, everybody loves to, to, to procrastinate and that sort of thing. But. I also have the OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? Do you know what it 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 is? Do you, are you getting a hint of what it is now? Do you know what it is? Okay, so let me tell you, the obsessive compulsive disorder is a disorder characterized by the obsessive like compulsion to uh, repeat certain tasks, like checking to see if the door is open as a favorite, or the obsessive uh, um, repetition of thoughts, music, and numbers are, you know, common favorites that or the obsessive compulsive repetition of thoughts or tasks or the obsessive compulsive repetition of thoughts tasks behaviors or apparently uh <laughs> the definitions of mental disorders now i fortunately i get distracted halfway through because you see the add actually comes in to save us from my obsessions that's the the the, the, the distractions are the only things that save me from the obsessions now you know that you have serious mental problems when one of your mental disorders is used to relieve the symptoms of another mental disorder, right? Because the ADD is the only thing that helps me out from the, the distractions are the only thing that helped me from the obsessions. Like in the grocery store, it's the only thing that saves me from spending three hours picking out a lemon. You know, because before that can happen, I hear I get distracted by a wobbly shopping cart wheel going by. So I start obsessively following them around, wishing that they would fix that shit. Then I get distracted by some sound, uh, the music that's playing in the store because it's 99 loof balloons. And then I start singing that over and over again because it's fucking 99 loof balloons. 99 loof balloons. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I try to get help for this stuff, though. You know, that the, the library had one of those things where you could spend a half an hour with a therapy dog but he didn't understand the fucking thing i was talking about you know he just kept trying to comfort me the whole time like look skippy don't patronize me bro i came here to do the work uh there's a lot of jobs you can't do when you have ocd nasa countdown guy can't do that job it's like ignition in five four three 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 yeah we like three three five four three 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 five four three 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 two oh the psych jokes are killing it today Hey, you guys, come on in. Good to see you. Yay. The, the arriving audience gets more applause than any of my jokes. I love the way that works. We're glad to see them here. Let's hope I don't walk them before the rest of you guys get up here, right? How much time am I supposed to do? So where were we? We were on craziness, right? So here's the thing. Technology helps out a little bit. Have you guys seen this? Whirlpool invented a stove that you can control with your cell phone. Because America, you know, I don't know what you think of that, but it's a godsend for people like me with obsessive compulsive disorders. Now, if I'm held up in that meeting at work, I can just say, excuse me, before we go any further, I just have to check in with my stove. 
Oh, yeah. Hello, stove? Yeah, it's me again. You're not on, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. I know I just called a few minutes ago. Wait, one more thing. Can you see the front door from where you were? Oh, the psych jokes. I'm loving them. Uh, you know, they had one of those 24-hour telethons to raise money and awareness for people with obsessive-compulsive disorders. I missed it. I was washing my hands. But <laughs> the one thing that technology doesn't help out with is, like, conflict. I, it, with my mental disorders, I don't deal well with conflict, you know? And before the invention of the cell phone, all I had to do to end an argument was physically leave the fucking building. That's it. Just walk out, close the door, conversation over. Th thanks. Since the invention of the cell phone, I've had the same argument with my wife for the last 14 months. I think Desert Storm lasted like three days or something. I try to, I try to have those dramatic exits now where I tell, no, no, I'm done talking about this. No, that's right. That's what I said. I'm out of here. This conversation is over. Now I slam the door, walk about 10 feet, zzz, zzz. No, it isn't. You know, I'm like, I would turn this thing off, but I don't want to miss a call from the stove. <laughs> so what else is going on? That's the, the famous comic things like, what else is going on? Or the pace word, so. You know, when a comic uses pace words like so, that means they're really trying to figure out what jokes they're going to tell next. Or if they use the big one like anyway, they don't know if they have any jokes left to tell. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, so I'm going to do one minute. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't understand you kids and the stuff that you do, the rituals that you go through in dating. Here's the thing that's been bothering me lately, dick pictures. You guys send pictures of your dicks to people. Really? What's up with that? Like, I don't even look at mine when I shower. Like, I, I have a thousand questions for you, though. Like, how do you pose it? Are there Snapchat filters? Mine's a tiger. Wow. You know, they say the average age of somebody who does this is 24 years old. Do you have any idea what I would have to go through to send a picture of my Johnson to somebody when I was 24 years old? First, I have to go buy film for the camera. <laughs> you know, I set up that tripod, get the black and white roll off. <laughs> now I get to go down to the photo mat to get it developed. Now, for those of you kids that don't know what the photo mat was, this is a place where you took your film down. A guy physically developed it in front of you while you waited. Yeah, that's not an awkward conversation in 1984. I don't know, Bill. Do you think my dick looks better in the glossy or the matte finish? <laughs> now I got an hour to go buy stamps and envelopes to write that letter. Dearest Ernestine, check this shit. <laughs> Wrap that up, send it off, wait a couple weeks for that reply. Finally get a reply. Who dis? It's an 80s ghosting joke. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. You know, it's fun to be... In the sign where you get recognized on the street once in a while, it happens to you guys, right? It happens, but they never figure out what they know you from. This guy comes up to me the other day, said, "Look, stop right there. I know you. No, wait, don't go. In. You're that guy, right? I've seen you before. You're him. You're you work at Walmart, right? My name's Casey. That's all the time I'm going to do. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, wow. It's a great way to start up the show. Someone asked me for a. Uh, a dick pic. I um I sent him a uh, a shot of a palm tree. That's what I do. Yeah, just coconuts. Yeah. Anyways, um yeah. So we got a candy buffet at the front here. If anyone's hungry. Up next we have um Nick Dundas. Welcome to the stage here. This microphone smells like marijuana. Hey everyone. I don't know about you guys, but. Uh yeah, I don't know about you guys. I feel like <laughs> I'm not from this town. I'm from Seattle, but I do love San Francisco. It's just an aggressive people, which I appreciate. I feel like people from San Francisco don't like people from Seattle. 
I think they think we're very mild-mannered. It might have something to do with the fact that our homeless people don't shit everywhere all the time. Like, for some reason, the turd to sidewalk ratio just isn't cool enough, but it's cool. Um, but now people are starting to respect us because of our plague, our coronavirus, so I come down here and they're like, respect Seattle, like, we like you now, <laughs> you're cool, which is silly. Uh, I took the plane down here, and uh, because of coronavirus, we all decided collectively, like, if anyone coughs, we're going to throw you out the plane. I think that's what's going to happen. We killed three people, so just wanted to make that announcement, everybody. <laughs> uh, I've got another show later tonight. I'm supposed to be performing in my underwear. Uh, I haven't eaten carbs in two months because of it. I'm trying to look good, uh, but I'm not going to lie. I'm in the mission, so I had a super burrito. Guys, I farted so much on the bus, I made an elderly woman cry, like, a lot. Uh, she thought it was coronavirus, and I was like, mm-mm, it's definitely the spices at Pancho Villa. I said that like a white person. I, uh, <laughs> Pancho Villa, I, uh, I'm very vanilla. Um, uh, I have a girlfriend who's not vanilla at all. She's very kinky. Uh, she lets me touch her and stuff. That's exciting. Um, but where was I trying to go with this? Uh, I'm very vanilla, which means when we have sex, I definitely want missionary socks on. I cry every time, you know, that's just kind of how that works. Uh, but she's, for the past month, been really, like, prodding me and pushing me to eat her butt. And I'm really nervous about it. For one thing, she's, the selling point is that she keeps calling me poopy face, which I don't know why that's the slogan. That isn't getting me to do it. Um, but I'm really nervous because I have a big nose, and she's very ticklish. So if I just <laughs> rub the wrong way, she's going to clamp on me, guys. Are there any couples here tonight? <laughs> no? Nobody? I feel like, so my girlfriend and I have been uh, dating for about three years now, and we keep having the same argument, which is when we have sex and there's a big mess after, she wants me to clean her first, and I want to clean me first. And the reason why is because I treat that mess after sex the same way I treat emergency on the airplane, right? When the oxygen masks come down, you do you first. I feel like dudes know what I'm talking about. After sex, we're our most vulnerable. We're very scared. We're naked. We just want a napkin for some reason. It's a lot of like, a lot of crowd work that just doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> and my dick's not this big. It's very much up this way. Uh, are there anybody here, or is there anybody here, who have parents from another country? Any immigrant parents here? No, just me. Yeah, okay. My parents are from France, um, which doesn't mean much. I feel like it's not that cool. My house smelled like croissants and shit. The only weird part about having French parents was that they were just butt naked constantly. Like, I'd walk home, and there was just drop trowel, which was fine. But by the time I was seven years old, I knew it was a little fucked up when my dad was trying to tuck me all his dick out. I was like, all right. Dad, if this keeps up tonight, we're going to be on CNN, okay? Did I want a goodnight kiss? Guys, I'm not a monster. Get over here, Dad. I feel like uh, most times when I kiss my dad's dick on stage, they're not about it. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys aren't because it's kind of like the test of sanity. It's a thing. Man, I'm going to go deep now. I'm going to just keep going. Um, pedophiles are weird, right? They're very strange. I feel like... Just have sex with small, dumb people. That solves the problem. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to be a pedophile if I wanted to. First of all, you need a van. That's $20,000. Do you have $20,000 to spare? I'm looking at you. Do you? I don't. Like, I feel like I have a bus pass. So do I bring a bus pass? Does the kid have the bus pass? Do I have to hold their hand at the bus stop? That's weird. I've been thinking about getting a moped for other reasons. Like, but I'm not going to kidnap a kid with a moped. This isn't Russia. Nice. I appreciate the moment of silence, guys. 
for all those fake kids. I had to write moped rape on my hand. Wow. Um, <laughs> has anyone ever seen that YouTube video of the world's fastest clapper? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? This guy has the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest clap. So he doesn't go like this, but he slides his hands back and forth really fast. When I was in eighth grade, I got obsessed with the video. I wanted to be faster than the fastest clapper. Um, but my room was right next to my mom's room, and every time I practiced, you just thought I was furiously masturbating, just aggressively jerking it. Um, so all she would hear is just kind of like a, oh yeah, let's do it. And I'd celebrate, I'd just kind of like scream like, woo, let's go. Very creepy, very weird for a mom to have to deal with constantly. A bit was worth it, guys. I just, I like the physical humor. <laughs> it means a lot to me. Uh, my girlfriend and I, like to argue all the time. Uh, she's a veterinarian, and I just work an office job during the day. So her work stories are inherently better than mine, and we try to one-up each other with stories from work. So I don't know if anyone's in the office understands what I go through, but my really cool work story goes something like this. I'll come home, and I'll be like, all right, get a load of this. So Deborah from accounting made the memo for this meeting's morning's meeting, but didn't put uh, Diane from HR on the meeting header, even though she knew she was going to be leading the meeting. What? And my girlfriend won't even look up. She's a veterinarian. She'll be like, yeah, I jerked off eight horses today. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I, uh, I guess I'll leave you with this, guys. Uh, quick question. Is anyone watching the Democratic debates? No? No one's following up with it? I feel like I'm not either, but I have a lot of friends who are really into Bernie. And I had someone approach me yesterday and they'd be like, Bernie Sanders is my hero. And I was like, Bernie Sanders is your hero? That guy who always looks like he's late for a meeting? Just always looks in a hurry. But and then I realized I was being a hypocrite because my heroes aren't your typical heroes, right? Like MLK, is that my hero? Walk a Flock of Flame, also not my hero. Uh, my heroes come from the day to day, like those people just from the everyday life, like that kid in high school who threw an entire rotisserie chicken at some girl in the cafeteria. That's a true story that actually happened. I was in high school, minding my own business, and I was watching some kid get bullied. I'm going to say rightfully so. He had a beard in sixth grade, and he didn't shave it. Kind of fucked up. So I was like, all right, he's getting made fun of. But he got really upset, so he kind of ran out of the cafeteria. He comes back with a rotisserie chicken that he got from his car and throws it at this girl's face. Dead bird face. That's an instant hero, guys. <laughs> guys, there's fat, and then there's I have rotisserie chickens in the back of my car fat. It's a whole different thing. My dad's a fat person. He doesn't like it when I tell strangers, but I do it all across the country. I just tell everyone he's fat. Um, but he's trying to lose weight finally. He says, uh, Nick, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally lose weight. We were talking about it over breakfast last week, but he was telling me while he was chopping up pads of butter in his oatmeal. I'm like, what's next, dude? Horse lard? Like, that's gross. He got very offended. He's like, all right, ask anyone my generation. It's a generational thing. People our age put butter in the oatmeal. And I thought about it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if you're a dude and you go up to another dude and ask them if they butter their oatmeal, you're going to get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Just how that works. All right, guys, my name's Nick. Thanks for the time. That was awesome. Thank you, Nick. Um, so, gosh, you know, you're talking about butter. I remember uh, there was somebody I knew that took this bacon grease and would put it in the refrigerator I don't know what they call that, but they use that for kind of butter um, substitution. But as far as Bernie goes, gosh, with this whole coronavirus, I think Bernie supporters are going to fight through the coronavirus to get to the polls. So um, 
Uh, up next, we got Aaron Atkins. Hello, thank you. Sorry, I just have out for. Have you guys been to the coffee shop down the street? It's just called Coffee Shop. You not been there? Try it, man. It's worth eight bucks because this guy is a sociopath. <laughs> this guy, because what I, 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 I got here for this festival. The coffee shop's right down the street. You know, I like coffee and stuff. Everyone was like, yo, you got to meet this guy. He's like ascended. He's like such a great guy. I get over there, and first of all, he's like, what's up, bro? He fist bumped me. And I could tell right away because our fist bump was like this. Go like this. Go straight at this. See all that gap right there? See those two fingers of gap? There's about two fingers that didn't even fist bump him, you know? I was like, this ain't right. And this fool, they make this special drink there called the Sherpa. It's like these iced coffee ice cubes and then like iced coffee and then like oil or some shit. It's just a bunch of shit. Usually the other, this other comic here gets it for free. I went over there. I paid $8 for one, first of all. And you know, when he was making, this, when he was making the drink, he's putting ice cubes in it. And he puts four ice cubes. They're made out of coffee, so they're fancy. He puts four ice cubes in there, and he goes, yeah, it's probably enough. <laughs> he was going to put five, right? He was going to put five, and then he was like, no. No. Four ice cubes. That's it. Eight dollars. You know how you know much of a beta I am? You know much of a bitch I am? I still gave him a one dollar tip on a seven dollar thing because I'm a bitch. I hate myself. I have no – I'm not assertive, um, partly because I'm from here. I don't, I don't live here anymore. I live in Chicago, but I was born and raised here in San Francisco. Um, yeah, woohoo! Both of my parents are vegans. I was raised vegan. Yeah, that's why I look like how NPR sounds, right? That's why I look very Ira Glassy, very <laughs> like a thirst store mannequin, right? If you do a, do a seance on a New Yorker tote bag, here I am, man, ready to do some jokes. Yeah, having having two vegan parents is like having two autistic parents, because like even if you're not, you're still gonna act like it, right? Like, when I was a kid, my favorite band was Podcasts, so <laughs> love that shit. Everybody else wore a This American Life t-shirt to school every Thursday and Friday? Was I the only one who did that? Yeah. IP sitting down. What else is, uh, <laughs> what's fascinating about me? What's unique about my identity? <laughs> uh, probably nothing in San Francisco. Uh, I'm a queer man. <laughs> Studio audience ovation. That's what they, <laughs> you can't see it at home. <laughs> Very tolerant space. This is what I want to, uh, whenever I, I like to play a game with the audience after I say this. It's um, it's called, is it gay porn or is it kung fu that I slowed down? So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play a little clip for you guys. And I want you to tell me, is this gay porn or is it just kung fu that I slowed down? All right. So you tell me. You sir, it's gotta be kung fu. You say it's kung fu. Do you think it's gay porn? All right, you're both wrong. It's a straight guy deadlifting. Now you know. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was at the gym and I was like, I'm gonna get this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna immortalize him <laughs> on stage forever. Yeah, um, I'm a queer man. It's fun. I often feel like I'm not queer enough for people, especially like in San Francisco. Right? What does that mean? It's always like a straight guy that's saying that to me, too. He's like basketball shorts and a t-shirt that just says Gap on it, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm really gay. Dude, trust me. Uh, he, I just think it's stupid also because, like, queer culture is huge, you know? Like, you can live on one side of it, grow up here, and then like, never see the other side. It's huge. It's enormous culture, right? Like, when I was a kid, I never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I just never did. My gay TV show uh, was Anderson Cooper 360. That was what I was really into. 
uh, right? We love a man that's technically gay. We do. Uh, <laughs> Anderson Float had like a pride in the a float in the pride parade. It'd just be like a gray Honda Civic, you know. It's him and Buttigieg <laughs> going to softball practice <laughs> away from Oakland. I don't know what's the <laughs> what's the white part of Bay Area? All of it, right? Um, I guess you're right. I guess not 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 Oakland. It should be. It's pretty. I don't know the history of this area as well as I should. I know Chicago. Industrial Revolution. That's not the time period I'm talking about. I'm riffing on this for no reason, huh, Pam? <laughs> I'm riffing. I'm not even riffing on. I'm just like, hmm, history. God, isn't that <laughs> socioeconomic displacement is like such a fun thing to riff on? Um, yeah, being queer and vegan in high school obviously was like the worst thing ever. Like me on the social ladder. Like my friend group was like me, the assistant principal, and then like that kid with the rolly backpack. You know, like I was just <laughs> the worst the bottom like the kids that bullied me in high school were an anime club if you can believe that this is a true fact one of my boys posted a video of himself on facebook doing like katana choreography to evanescence i was like all right he called me a fag every day too he was like fag. like how am i a fag he's like because you eat vegetables <laughs> I was like, yeah i feel like when you grow up having people just like diss your identity like nonstop, <laughs> just like making jokes about you. you got two choices in life you can be like a drug addict or you can be like a comedian right like, nah, I'm a comedian, but uh, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I used to be really into drugs. Not like in a fun way at all, you know. Not like in a Snoop Dogg way, like a Suge Knight way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to be really into pills and shit. When I was 17, I was doing heroin for a while. Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. And I, when I say that, people don't believe me. Uh, you know, I get it. I don't look the part. I don't look like I was on heroin. I look like I was on Glee, right? Um, yeah, but you can do both. Just ask Cory Monteith. God, I love that one, dude. I just, <laughs> I, you know, because it usually kills my set, too, you know. Uh, yeah, no, being in, I went to treatment for a year and a half. I got a lot. I got the help I need. I've been clean for three years. Scheduled applause. Well, clean. And I, uh, quote, air quotations for those at home. What does that mean? We're not getting into it. <laughs> I'm going to leave that unpacked. <laughs> leave that fully packed right here on stage, leaving it. Um, yeah, I went to treatment. I got the help I needed, and my, my first roommate in treatment was also a heroin addict, and we got along great. You know, he's a very wise man. When I first got there, he was like, Aaron, don't listen to these guys, all right? Because you can still do heroin and live a perfectly healthy life. I was like, word? <laughs> How? And he's like, just eat right. <laughs> like, just exercise every day. <laughs> do a little bit of heroin. My friend lived for like two years. <laughs> I was like, word, by then I'll be old enough to drink, man. <laughs> Everybody was so wise. There's another guy that was like, why am I here? I'm a master manipulator. It's like, apparently not, dude. <laughs> not if you're here. <laughs> that is not a fact. Yeah. <laughs> also, when I went to treatment, everybody at, at school was like, make, I, I got back and everybody made all these rumors about me. They made this rumor that like I died. I was like, unfortunately, no, you know, but... I just this is, it made me sad because it was such a lame rumor. It's just lame. Like I wanted to start a better rumor for myself. Like Aaron has a dirt bike or something, you know, <laughs> something cooler than that. I think they all just hated me because they were like, "This guy is a way bigger Elliott Smith fan than me." <laughs> 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 this guy loves folk music. All right, I'm gonna leave on that weak ass note. I'm Aaron Atkins, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> False rumors. Gosh, I've had so many rumors. Everyone's had a rumor spread about them. Huh? 
Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So up next we have a Dash Thompson. Welcome to the floor stage here. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> what? What's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I just drove nine hours on four hours of sleep to get here. Um, not entirely sure this is happening right now. Not 100% certain of that. I do like you guys decorated this like my middle school room uh, for my love of motorcycles and my unrepentant anger. Look at that. That's that's fun. That was fun to see. I was like, whoa, <laughs> am I an angry child again? Maybe. Um, anyways. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I come from Salem, uh, which is a town no one gives a shit about, and you don't have to. It's fine. Uh, and because I'm in the Northwest, uh, the whole coronavirus thing is happening, and I work at Costco, uh, which meant that everyone ruined Costco. <laughs> they freaked out, and they took everything that we owned, <laughs> everything. They took it all. And I was explaining to this old lady uh, why we don't have anything available in our store, and I was like, it's because of the coronavirus. And then this lady went, uh, I don't know why everyone's freaking out. Uh, if I get sick, I just want to die. I don't want to end up with a pantry full of shit. And I was like, that is, mwah. That is the best logic, because why are we trying to see the other side of the apocalypse, guys? Huh? You know who's going to be left? Doomsday preppers. And those guys are fucking dorks, okay? That, it would, that would be the lamest I told you so ever, is just those dudes being like, right? Weren't we right? You're like, why did you want to be? This is lame. Sounds dumb. So dumb. I just want to die. If you have coronavirus and that's, that's the one that's going to end, end it, Find me, open my mouth, spit in it, okay? I want to just go. <laughs> I don't want to see what the end times look like. That seems boring as shit, right? Just like trying to cook beans over an open fire. Just like, yeah, <laughs> we made it though. <laughs> just like, just dirty and you smell. Ugh, fuck that. I don't want to do that. So I like hobbies. <laughs> Transition time. Uh, I, li I like trying new stuff. I recently tried a disc golf. Anyone, anyone disc golf here? Nope, not this crowd. That's okay. Uh, you're going to like this joke because fuck disc golf. I don't like it. It's a stupid, stupid sport. I went with a friend, and I was like, what do I do? He's like, you throw the disc, and then I did. And then I was like, now what? He's like, now you go get it. And I was like, this feels like a prank. This doesn't feel like a real sport. It's just Disc golf is just playing catch with yourself, and I have a dead dad for that. So why would I do this? This seems like, oh, catch, dad. Oh, hit the headstone again. <laughs> oh, it's like you're not even here. <laughs> Just like when you were alive. Um, look, was I tra did disc golf traumatize me? Sure, okay? <laughs> uh, I told this joke once at a show, and a lady came up to me afterwards, and she was, like, all smug. She's like, you know why we play disc golf, right? So we can get high in the woods. And I was like, you can just do that. I don't know what's, <laughs> what's with all the extracurriculars. You could just go get high right now, you dork. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I, my favorite hobby that I have is I like to play D&D. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Uh, if you don't know what it's like trying to get people into Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, do you remember when you would ask, like when you were a kid and you would ask other kids to play make-believe? It's like that, but in your 30s now, and it's sad. <laughs> it's, it's a real letdown. Uh, I, did, I really love D&D, uh, &D, but um, I, this, I have this friend who he's not really into it. It's not his thing. He, uh, he thinks it's a little too much for him. Uh, he likes Monopoly. That's his his game. He's always trying to get a group together for Monopoly, which is really dumb when you think about it. Cause like like 
like D and D's too much for you. Like you don't want to be like a dwarf or an elf trying to slay a dragon, but you're totally fine being a thimble who owns property. That's not preposterous to you. Like, what's your backstory as the thimble, huh? You just gain sentience one day, and you're like, I'm going into real estate. And you just get a bank loan, and you march on down, and you're kicking people out of their homes, and you become this big capitalistic titan of industry. And you're just crushing this old man in a top hat's head on a curb, and he's like, but I'm Mr. Monopoly. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm the thimble, bitch. And you're filling your metal dumb body up, and blood's flowing out, and you're like, cash and blood rules all. Anyways, uh, I was, like, sitting in that chair, like, definitely don't do that act out. <laughs> but then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to set my bag up like it's an audience member. Isn't that cute? <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, what else? Ooh, uh, I am uh, I'm single, which is, which is cool. Uh, but uh, I feel like you guys kind of got that from the... Well, the fact I'm here uh, <laughs> and the context clues, yeah, drove nine hours because D&D, baby. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I am single, so now I have to uh, go on dates, which I don't really enjoy, uh, especially like the first date is super weird, especially like because uh, uh, there's a lot of like uh, like for guys Every guy has the same goal going into first date, and it's like, don't say something weird for two hours. It's like, just be totally normal. But every guy on a first date is like, how's the vibe? I like boobies. Shit. Okay, that's, <laughs> ooh, played my hand too early, didn't I? Uh, last first date I went on, it was going well. Uh, you know, it was, it was great. She was a single mom, and when you're on a date with a single mom, you can ask questions about her kids. That's fine but they have to be surface-level questions, okay? You can't get too deep, and that is not what I did. Uh, you can ask things like, oh, like, uh, uh, which one's going to be the athlete or which one takes more after you, you know? Uh, that's not what I did. Uh, what I did was, uh, where do your kids go to school? And I was like, that's aggressive. I'm being very aggressive. And she was like, why? And then I just panicked and I sweated. And I was like, Haha, what? Uh, maybe they go to my school. Wait, shit. Oh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I am an adult boy. Fuck. Okay, this isn't going well at all. <laughs> do you guys like how right after I end a joke, you see a little bit of me die in inside? <laughs> That's just how it always goes. Uh, I guess I'll tell you guys uh, this uh, last fun story. Uh, so I, I've been single uh, for a while now, but uh, I've also been dumped a lot in my 20s, uh, which is uh, it's real cool. That's a cool fact about me. And <laughs> it uh, the worst breakup I ever went through, I was in my early 20s, and she broke with me for, like, whatever reason. Like, I still live with my mom or whatever. And I was like, all right, that's you know, a little too harsh, okay? Because I had a five-year plan, okay? I wasn't going to live with my mom forever, and that was to keep enjoying those home-cooked meals, you know what I mean? Huh? Mommy knows best. Where are my mommy boys at, huh? We like our mom? <laughs> so unenthusiastic. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and you know you go through a breakup and some time passes, and uh, I'm going to speed this bit up because I have less time than I thought. Uh... Dude, are you sure? Okay, all right. Well, well, I can cut some parts. Okay, anyways. So you know how you... <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you know how, like, you go through a breakup and you're sad, right? And then some time passes and you think, like, you're okay. And then you drink, like, a beer and you're like, I'm not okay. I'm not. All the pain is inside. That's what happened to me. 
I uh, go down drinking where she's going to college at the time, uh, and I get like three to ten beers in me, uh, and I get this great idea because I'm a romantic, uh, right? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to win her back. So I start messaging her. I'm like, babe, I love you. I want you back. You know, let's do this thing. And uh, she's like, you know, no or whatever. And so I <laughs> decide that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get her, right? So I start running 20 blocks across this college campus to her house, which is a great idea. Uh, and I'm, like, yelling at people on the side of the road. And college people are weirdly supportive, by the way. They're like, I'm going to get my woman back. And they're like, great, want help? And you're like, what? So I get to her house. I text her. And I'm like, babe, I'm here. Let's do this. And the truck pulls out. And three dudes in sweatsuits get out, like the comfiest street gang you've ever seen. They're just like, we want to protect our turf, but want to be cozy. And so they form a wall between me and my ex. She's out of the house now. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm about to die. I'm not going to fight three guys? No way. And so I'm like, babe, let's talk, you know. And one of the guys says for he's like, hey, man, maybe you've had enough to drink, buddy. Which, by the way, these guys, they're uh, college uh, freshman dudes, uh, which if you don't know, it's the worst time to be a guy ever uh, because you have all this unbridled freedom and all the hormones you're ever going to have. So you're just this confused, horny little gremlin thing. And you're just like, you want to fight me or have sex? I think I'm a psych major. I hate my dad. You guys get it. And so I'm like, listen, uh, Connor, Cam, and Scott, why don't you guys get out of my face? And so I get to talk to uh, my ex off to the side. I convince her. I'm like, babe, I love you. I want you back. Let's do this. And she's like, you're not wearing a shirt. I was like, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And I went home. It was a bad, it was a really bad plan. But the next day, I check my text sober, and I find out that when I thought I said, babe, I love you, I want you back, I had only sent one text the whole night that simply said, I'm coming for you. So don't ever send that to an ex ever. Anyways, that's my time. Thank you. All right. We got any romantics out there? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Riding this single train, huh? Woo. Good thing we got some candies here, huh? All right, here we are. Gosh, it's heating up in here. <laughs> up next, we got uh, Melina Best. Please welcome to the stage. Hello. Um, all right, so I... Uh, what? Um, I woke up this morning. Thanks. Uh, I woke up to a call from an unknown number, so I hung up. And he left a voicemail saying, Stop calling me at 7 in the fucking morning and get me off your fucking contact list, you fucking cunt. The funny part about that joke is that he called me, but <laughs> okay, you dick. Anyone else in therapy? <laughs> I don't actually care, but uh, I am. I recently made my therapist cry. I shared that with my dad. He was like, well, that probably means she was listening. <laughs> Yikes. My previous therapist, he said I was the best sleep he got every week. All right, I kind of exaggerated. He fell asleep only once. And my parents were like, you should probably stop going to him. 
And I'm like, but he's cute. So <laughs> that's that's the punchline. Uh, I recently got hired for a job without an interview because they thought I was the other Molina that they had interviewed. Relatable material is what I'm trying for. I uh, went in on my first day, and the manager's like, oh, you weren't the one we wanted to hire. Ah, fuck it. You're close enough. We just won't put you on the schedule. Sound good? Perfect. (laughs) One of my, or the job I have now, uh, I'm a server at a senior living place. I've been helping out my friend's grandma who lives there when I'm not working. The other day I asked if she wanted to take her pills. She's like, I don't like you. (laughs) I mean, I don't like me either most days, so I get it. I resort to small talk. I'm like, what's your favorite color? (laughs) She's like, I have one, but I'm not going to tell you. Things are going, things are going well. I'm like, so how are those, how are those pills looking? She's like, I still don't like you. You're a popcorn girl. Yeah, that was my reaction too. To her that meant prostitute, so. (laughs) Killing it. But before you go thinking that prostitute, or popcorn girl, means having sex for money. I'm actually having sex for popcorn. (laughs) Not sure how I feel about that business model, but (laughs) I mean, gotta get behind it. It's my job. I asked her granddaughter, my friend, if she's also considered by her grandma a popcorn girl. She's like, no, but you're trying to convince me to be one. (laughs) I mean, troublemaker right here waiting for that kernel to pop. Yeah, all right. A friend gave me that tag, so don't blame me. Uh, Yeah, I uh, worked at Starbucks for a minute. Um, My first day there, the barista asked, hey, can I have your name? And I was like, no, bitch, it's mine. Like, what (laughs) (laughs) the fuck? Get your own. After working there a while, uh, I had a customer ordered a bacon gouda sandwich. I was like, sounds good. Uh. <laughs> then I said to myself about myself, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn girl for life. So I was freaking out, right? Like, no job. <laughs> Second slayer, I was like, you're hired again. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Whew. Uh, at my senior living job, they have these comment cards where the residents can tell you how you're doing. One guy wrote, too much salad. I'm like, uh, kind of think that's a you problem. Like, (laughs) you didn't have to eat everything on your plate, but thanks for telling me, I guess. (laughs) It was recently Valentine's Day, right? So uh, a resident said they love me. Getting pretty serious. 
Sirius has a heart attack. Gross. Uh, I had a date with a younger person, and uh, he said, so no offense, but are you autistic? He said, no offense, so <laughs> we're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> Thank you. I've been Melina Best. You got a nice sprint on today. You've been living a long time to be looking 22. Walking the door, light up the room, fashionista in the deck room. Walking the door, light up the room, fashionista in the deck room. Guess who's in the building? <laughs> Thank you, Melinda. That was awesome. Fashionista in the tech boom. Got uh, James Fisher Jr. Welcome to the stage here. Woo! I've been there all weekend, and I've only other I've only seen one other black person <laughs> this entire weekend. I don't like try to notice it. I just like I like to know if the race war started, how quickly we would lose right now. <laughs> I gotta be honest, even though there's only two of us in here, feel like we could take y'all. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like I could take over half of San Francisco off white guilt alone. Like just walking up to people, give me your wallet. I'll help this black guy. What do you mean black? All right, just take it. <laughs> I do that everywhere I go. Like every place I go, like I count the number of black people. Like uh the like in Chicago, where I'm from, the Chicago Cubs, the baseball team won the World Series. And I wanted to go see like a a riot. Like because <laughs> I've never seen a riot before. It's the only time that white people act crazy and I'm not in danger. So I want to go see a riot. But I did the same thing. I went down and I tried to see, like, how many black people were there just in case something went down. And there was this one black dude. He was really big. Like, he looked like he could protect the neighborhood. Like, that's how big he was. Like, he was so big, if you play football, you ask him what position. He just goes, yeah. Like, that's how big he was. <laughs> And I walk up to him, try to get a rapport going. I was like, hey, man, you excited about the win? And he just looks at me with the most serious face and goes, no, nah, I'm here for the bitches. I was like, okay, oh, that's not it. We are here for two different reasons, sir. I just want to see a ride, get a slice of pizza, walk through Boys Town, get a compliment on my ass. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted from the day. It's very weird, like, going, like, it's very weird, like, going out places and people, like, just assume your toughness. Like, don't assume my toughness. I, I can't do shit. Every like I don't look like somebody who gets bullied a lot. Like if you didn't like if you saw me walking down the street, you would like cross the street and you should because I could rob you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> like I get bullied a lot. It's mostly by homeless people in Chicago. This homeless dude on the train, he made me feel dirty. I don't know how he did it. Like we were sitting on the train and he was sitting across from me eating sunflower seeds, but he didn't have them in a pack. He had them in a bowl of tin foil. And he wasn't picking them up with his hand, he was just eating like ah like he's going at it. <laughs> Slamming his face down into the tin foil, And I had something in my throat. And I was like, all right, I got to cough and get this out. So I leaned over and coughed. And he looked at me and said, ugh, this nigga's coughing. And he moved to the other side of the train. Fucked up part, people followed him. What the fuck? How's that my Whole train smells like pee. I'm the problem. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not even the first time a homeless person, like, made me feel bad about myself. Like, I used to do music. I've done music my entire life. Started doing comedy, 2012. And, but I used to do music primarily, and I was doing an outside festival. I was singing, and I got off stage, and this homeless dude walked up. He said, what, you trying to be some kind of fake-ass Chris Brown? And it, it was right after the Rihanna thing. I was like, I don't like that comparison. Can you give me another one, please? He's like, are you too good for Chris Brown, you fake-ass R. Kelly? I said, I don't like what you're doing. Like, <laughs> Plenty of black guys who haven't done anything. 
there's just some that have. Like, <laughs> also, side note, uh, why I get I get that like Bill Cosby's a piece of shit, but why am I not allowed to wear a certain brand of sweaters anymore? <laughs> like, he didn't wear those sweaters. Heathcliff Huxtable wore those sweaters, and he was a good man. He's a very good man. Put all his kids through college. Never cheated on Claire. He had a gynecology in his basement. That was weird. But everything else was normal. I just, that's the one thing I like when stuff happens in the media. I'm like, look, we get it. Like, I just don't want to hear white people's opinions on black issues. Like, I get it. Fuck Bill Cosby. Fuck R. Kelly. But let us say it, and you be in the background like, yeah, fuck him. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I just want your support. That's all. I don't, we, like, I just, because I don't know if it's coming from a place of righteousness or racism ever. I don't know. Like, do you understand that Tyler Perry has an entire film career because we watch him in spite of y'all? Like, do you understand that? When you say Tyler Perry sucks, I don't know if you're being racist or just correct. Like, I never know. <laughs> I don't. I talk to people about, like, race all the time, and somebody, like, got mad at me. They was like, all you do is talk about racism on stage. I was like, oh, forgive me. I didn't mean to annoy you with my problems. <laughs> forgive me for talking about something I go through on a daily basis. I don't get mad when white dudes get on stage talking about how mediocre they are in life. Like, I don't get mad at that at all. There's a little bit too many white people here. <laughs> for me to tell that but I did it <laughs> no like I just I don't know like I like I talk about race a lot because it like affects me in such a way and I think about it like all the time like you kind of forced to as a black person but like I think about both sides of it like hear me out on this I love Michael Jordan I love Kobe Bryant I love any basketball player with a shoe all right I love them all but I feel like there's black people in America who've done more for America in the world who deserve a shoe that's a big symbol that's a big symptom. You don't, you don't want to live in a world where it's like, oh, I got on these new high-top Sydney Poitiers, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got on them new the Air MLKs? Yeah, you feel free to the mug in them, bro. <laughs> Do all kind of weird commercials. It's like, oh, tired of sitting all day. Try the new Rosa Parks Arch. Like, just... <laughs> See? Why the fuck is that one not funny? She sat down. That's what she did. It was for us, but she sat down. See? Sometimes you got to sit in the mediocrity of a mediocre joke, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting in it right now. Uh, I, I, like, I like being here and traveling to new places. It's weird. It's weird going to places that you haven't been before um, and just trying to find stuff to do and trying to find friends. Like, it's very weird because you already have, like, a set of friends that you're with. Like, that's why like, I don't talk to anybody in my office because I'm just like, why do I want to know? I don't <laughs> I want to be your friend. I have my friends. So it's very weird going places and trying to make friends. And I feel like the reason it's weird trying to make friends is because you know how fucked up and weird you are, and you don't want anybody else to find out. <laughs> like every time I talk to somebody, I'm just like, oh, shit. Do they know I watch anime? Like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want them to find out. I don't want them to find out I've watched every episode of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, GT, Dragon Ball Super like five times a piece. I don't want them to know that. You see that? A couple people dried up, a couple guys dick shrunk. That was the unsexiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> but I am a nerd. Like, I am a nerd. I like being a nerd. I like being, like, a, I like being a nerd. I like doing nerdy things. But I don't get why it's so taboo sometimes. Like, it's very taboo to be a nerd, and I don't get it. Because people can, like, be nerdy about anything. You can legit be nerdy about it. There's people who are nerdy about basketball, which is a little creepy to me. 
if I'm nerdy about Superman, there's books, there's movies, there's shit that I can go look into. If you're nerdy about a basketball player, you basically stalked a dude his entire career. <laughs> Showed up at his job wearing a shirt with his name on it. <laughs> Screaming at him like some jealous ex. You get it? Yeah! Like it's, yeah. I'm just saying mine's not as creepy. All right. I, um, I'm going to do some short ones that I've been trying to work on because I talk a lot. And um, <laughs> I talk a lot, and sometimes it's not funny, as you saw. Uh, but <laughs> I want to try some short ones before I get out of here, okay? Uh, is everybody cool with that? My friend once said, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. But all I could think was, I feel like my friend's trying to fuck this duck. He's looking at it a little too close. <laughs> cool, I like that one, too. Why when you fart, it gets trapped under your covers, but it goes straight through your motherfucking jeans? Why is that? You don't know. Google it right now. I did. It's just a picture of Bill Nye going, I don't know, nigga. Maybe there is a God. That's all there is on the internet. All right, here's the last one. Did the black dude who played the Black Power Ranger go in to audition for the Black Ranger? <laughs> or did he go in for another color? And the director was like, come on, nigga. You know what this is. What you doing? Right, you guys have been great. I'm James. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, I remember talking about being weird. Because weird's the new normal. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. So uh, we got uh, Elliot Morse, more in us in, uh, in the building coming up to the stage right now. I'm not going to address the messed up last name. It's okay. I didn't write it, you know, sorry. Yeah. Oh, maybe somebody else must. Can I see? Mm. Yeah, they is mis misspelling, yeah. It's not your fault. Take it back. But anyways, I got approached by a really aggressive Mall kiosk face soap salesman. <laughs> this guy had some kind of Russian Soviet type accent. He talked like this. Listen, my friend, what type of face soap do you use? I said Neutrogena. He was like, never heard of it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He had me fucked up. Like, do, am I using some kind of obscure soap? What the fuck? And he kept going. He was like, look, let me rub some of this soap on your face. And I was like, uh, I'm not sure. And he, just, he kept going. He was like, look, my friend, my brother, he had very, very ugly face. He used my soap on his face. He's still ugly, but his acne cleared up. <laughs> so I don't know. Try him out. He's probably still at the mall. It's not too late. So I got a dog, right? And uh, I walk him around. And the other day, I was walking him, and he did a number two on the sidewalk, which is not too out of the norm, right? But a woman happened to be walking by me at the exact time he dropped it, and she was like, are you going to pick that up? And I was, but then I reached in my pocket, and I realized I had no bags, and I was in a predicament. She was still standing, she was like, hmm? 
I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. You know, I don't have any bags, but I'm going to go home to my apartment. <laughs> and, and I'll see what I can find. And she stood there and watched me walk all the way down the corner and disappear. I was like, oh, fuck, she's probably just going to stay there and wait. So I had to figure out what to do. So I went back to my apartment, and I had no bags there. And for whatever reason, I didn't think to like grab a paper towel or a garbage bag or anything. I was like, you know what? A stick. That'll work. I'll go grab a stick, and I'll go back there, and I'll flick it. But I left the dog in the apartment. I didn't want to bring it back. So I go back, and I'm flicking. You know, I'm flicking it off the sidewalk. But I had no dog, so I just looked like some kind of maniac who gets his kicks from flicking street poop. And interestingly enough, nobody walking by wanted to make eye contact with me. So, yeah, that happened. Um, so I, I, I live in Boston, and there's a different type of uh, townie-type person out there. You don't really have them in San Francisco. But, um, and like I said, I got a dog. And I went to the dog park, and I met this, like, a real Boston dog owner, right? He wasn't, like, some yuppie with a Maltese poodle. This guy was a Boston native with a bulldog who still had his balls. And it's kind of weird that I know he still had his balls, but he insisted on talking about them with me. He was like this. Hey, man, this is Tank. He's still got his balls. I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. You know, and he kept going on about it. He was like, yeah, you know, it's all right. He's still got his balls. But, you know, when he goes in the back seat of my car, he ends up jizzing all over my seats. I was like, oh, okay, um, that sounds like a problem. He's like, and then he lifted up the dog. He's like, yeah, look right here. You know, you see right here on his leg? That's where his balls rub up against his leg. It causes him to jizz all over the place. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, I continued this conversation for whatever reason. I was like, yeah, so have you had him, like, mate with any female dogs? And he was like, yeah, you know what? I met this rapper from Rhode Island. We drove all the way down there, but it turned out his rap career isn't going that well, so he couldn't pay me. So Tank ended up driving home with blue balls. <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. I didn't know what else to talk to him about. But I had to end it there. So my car got towed, guys. Phil's towing. I don't know if anybody here knows Phil. The guy's a real jerk. You kind of have to be to be in the tow yard owning business, right? Good people don't go into that business. They're all jerks. But anyways, not only did they tow my car, but they actually like messed up something on the bottom of it. So I had to go back to the tow yard and argue with Phil and try to get him to fix it, maybe get my tow fee back, but I wasn't sure that was going to work out. But So I go back, and of course Phil tries it tonight. He's like, look, how do I know your car wasn't already messed up before it got towed? And I was like, look, Phil, I'm not trying to mess around with you. Please just fix my car. I'll be on my way. Eventually, he relented. He's like, look, go talk to my mechanic. He'll help you out. So I go over to the mechanic, and I talk to him, you know. And this guy was cool. You know, he, he leveled with me. He's like, look, Phil is a cheap prick. You're not going to get your money back. But if you guys fought, 
I think you could take him. <laughs> I've been working for Phil for 30 years. He cannot take a punch. It was cool, you know, this guy had been working for Phil for 30 years, just waiting for some disgruntled guy who got his car towed to come in and blast him in his face. And he thought it was me. Which is cool, because not a lot of people, like, tell me I could win a fight. So I do math tutoring for work, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, my favorite thing about it is being heckled for carrying around math books. So one time I was carrying an algebra book under my arm, and this guy in an old car, he pulled up beside me, and they rolled down the window, right? And he yelled out, Algebra, good luck with that shit! <laughs> He's right, because nobody really uses math in real life. So, very accurate heckle. All right, thanks. That's my time. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. I'm really feeling that one. Yeah. Got a candy buffet up here in the front if anyone wants a little treat. All right. We got, um, up next we have, it's going to be a hard name to mess up. I'd have to, I'd have to be really... Uh, Cam Strong, please welcome to the stage here. Fashionista. Hey, you got a nice sprint on today. Hi, everyone. I just got back from the proctologist. Um, it's really interesting, you know, proctology, because they put a finger in you, and then they know things about you. My doctor, he put a finger in me, and he says, Cam, you have a fear of abandonment. I was like, how, Doc, how could you know that? And he says, well, your asshole is pulling back. I can't. Okay. That's the whole bit. I, um, I don't know. I, I sometimes get too silly up here. So for a second, I'm going to drop the act. Act back on. I have been dating. Um, it's been going well. She's cool. Um, the only thing I... I don't remember my joke. I'm going to stop acting like I do. All right. She, uh, my girlfriend really raises eyebrows. She says the trick is to get them when they're just little eyebrows. It was May 7th, 1982. That's the summer I started beginning dramatic stories with fake dates. That was the summer me and my ragtag group of friends found that dead body on the train tracks right after we murdered that guy at the train tracks. And that's that bit now, too. Moving on, okay? It's supposed to go weller than that was. Um, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes as a comic, you know, when you're up here, all the attention is on me, and I don't know if that's entirely fair, you know, because you guys have so many good ideas, and I think it's fun to highlight some of those, so um, I would like for you guys to help me do some funny things. All right, so does anyone have a funny thing? You know, something funny like uh, a yellow bird. That's kind of funny. Yellow. One thing at a time, please.
Perfect. Yes, banana peels are very funny. Does anyone else have? Oh wait, I think it's funny for a banana for a bird to trip on anything because they fly. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else have a, a funny thing? Congress, super funny. Super funny. God damn. I mean, just literally and like ideally, a bunch of white guys doing things in a room. Hilarious. And they get nothing done. Congress. And just the word is pretty stupid. What does it mean to gress? Anyone else have a funny thing? Competitive vaping. Very, very funny. It's like, what? Did you get two chimneys together? And you're like, hey, I see something here. Competitive vaping. Well, yeah, I'm a competitive vapor. My father, he used to do smoke signals for in Native Americans. Competitive vaping. Cool. Does anyone else have a funny thing? Chesticles. Not funny. Not funny. Good. Uh, thank you, though. Does anyone else want to? Poop. Poop. Very funny. Very Thank you for not wasting my time with <laughs> chesticles. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> poop. Poop is funny. I think poop gets a bad rap, you know? It didn't do anything wrong. It wants to be held. It wants to be liked. But we can't. Got to go down. Okay. Oh, what about this one? What about this one? Okay. We got pedophiles. Okay. We got pedophiles. And then if we draw a circle around them, and then we write stand-up comics right here. And then in that little middle section right there, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> pedophiles. Just, just kidding. And stand-ups, just kidding. Does anyone else have a funny thing? Foot fungus, very funny. It's like you're already fungus and you can't get a good place, you know? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? All right, everyone, that was that bit. Thank you very much for helping me do some funny things. That meant a lot to me. Thank you very much. I was, um, I was walking today and um, I saw a, a hypodermic needle next to a used pregnancy test. And it gets sadder. I picked it up. And I was looking at it. And it, it was so sad because then I put it in my mouth. 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Anyway, I've been um, dating a lot. It's going good. <laughs> Trying to save some money. I realize I'm never going to own a home. I think owning a home is like wearing a condom because I don't do that either. Um, okay, you're right. <laughs> you guys took one look at me and said, that guy wears condoms. Sometimes it's embarrassing, though. Like, I was with this, uh, we was hooking up this chick, and uh, she just threw me a Magnum condom, like, confidently, you know? It was so embarrassing because... It didn't fit over my massive penis. And I was like trying to put it on really, really hard. I was like, I don't know, baby, got an old sandwich bag? And I was like, maybe it might go on. Maybe, babe, maybe. My penis is too big for a Magnum condom, though, babe. Okay. <laughs> I met a, I like my girlfriend. I met her at the dog park. 
I um, I love picking up chicks at the dog park. It's the best place to pick up chicks. It's so easy. There, it's the proper, the best pickup line is right there for you. Like I was there, and I saw a girl bending down to pick up her poop, and that's your moment to strike. I rushed over there, ma'am. Let me pick up this poop. A girl, you know, just as lovely as you should not be picking up dog poop. That's disgusting. And you're great. You're great. So you from around here? Oh no. I moved from Alabama. I um you know, just uh moved here, server, yeah. Um no, I I got into comedy. I'm a big comedy guy. Oh, you dance? That's so crazy. <laughs> what? Get out of town. East side. No, I don't have a dog. I oh, no. I know, I know. Um, you know, normally I don't do this, but do you think maybe um you would want to go out sometime? I don't mean to, you know, what you want to make out right here right now? And then that's that's how I met my girlfriend. <laughs> the whole bit. The whole bit. I used to play baseball when I was younger. And um, my team had a great record, but we weren't very good baseball players. We used to taunt very optimistically. We were aggressively nice taunters. We'd yell things like, uh, pitcher's got a big dick. Hey, pitcher, your thick dick is too big to throw the ball. And then he would just feel so good. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even, he'd quit. He'd quit baseball and then just leave, and then we'd win the game. Do you see my jokes have this weird tag-off thing where they don't end very strongly? I got, um, oh, geez. Um, my girlfriend, she really hated to find out during sex that I was an ally. I said, um, yeah, all I hear, you do all the work. What is upsetting about that joke? Does anyone want to fill me? Did we get it? It's a pun on ally, but no one ever, you know what? <laughs> Maybe later. Oh, I did. Um, I stayed up real late last night. I want to make this like a special festival for y'all. Um, so what I did is, yeah, um, you know, I just ended ended because I just noticed that Pam wants me off. And it's not Pam's fault, but I am going long. Anyway, thank you, everyone. Have a good night. That was funny. I uh, I think poop is very funny. I, have you guys seen the uh, the sugar-free gummy bear? You guys know what I'm talking about? The ones that they were handing out to kids in uh, elementary school and it gave them the shits. <laughs> I read all this and it basically there was one um, there's one review that I seen where this guy was clawing at his belt buckle. He said to even like get to where he needed to be. But um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big poop ju joke guy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, next we have uh, Colin Braun. Please welcome to the stage. I, Colin might have left with this nice doggy, so uh, moving right along. There he is, yeah. Um, we have the, uh, the queen of all. No. <laughs> if there's time left for me at the end, I'll do it, but I want to make sure that everybody else gets time in. Yeah. Woo. There we go. Got a full house here. Woo. 
All right, we got, um, please welcome to the stage, Thomas Lundy. Yeah. Everyone turns to see hello, hello, everyone. Uh, good to see you all back. Familiar, fa familiar faces? We got another poster now. That's good. Branding is important. Uh, I think I realized just recently that uh, my worst, one of my worst qualities is I'm my own favorite comedian. I like a long shot, too. It's not healthy. I don't know if anybody doesn't know who I am. I'm the guy who said that thing about Congress. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Hearty chuckle for myself for several seconds. Um, I was walking down here. Uh, I walked from the hotel, and San Francisco's an interesting place. You see a lot of interesting things. And I saw while I was here somebody standing on uh, the corner drop trowel, if you will, uh, just standing right there in front of God and everybody, uh, shall we say, having a deuce, right? Just having a big, healthy deuce. And look, I'm not here to judge what you do, San Francisco, but it made me realize, I was like, wow, I am a good person, right? <laughs> look at all this shit. Look at all the self-control. Oh. Uh, I grew up in Florida. So that comes with a whole fucking plethora of things. But one of those things, I started drinking too early. Not like tonight, like in life in general. Uh, one of the things we used to do when we were in high school, me and all my friends, one of our favorite drinks was this stuff called MD 2020. <laughs> yeah, you heard of it, right? Some of you have. Um, and I did a little bit of research on MD 2020 because I have a lot of free time. and. I found out that it actually doesn't mean what most people think it does. It actually stands for Mogan David, which is a family name, which means, uh, unfortunately, at one point, it was some poor bastard's entire life's work to bring this fine wine beverage to the States. Now you fast forward to 2020, you ask someone about MD, and they'll be like, Oh, you mean Mad Dog? <laughs> yeah, that's fight juice. Bums drink it, okay? Step away from my car, you madman. Right? No, no disrespect to the fine people at the Mad Dog distillery. But if you can change the color of the main fruit ingredient and no one bats an eye, probably not a good drink, right? <laughs> Shout out to Banana Red. <laughs> uh, speaking of drinking, right? I uh, recently got to go home and visit my parents. I hadn't seen them for a while. That was fun. I uh, drank with my mom for one of the first times in my life. Uh, by that, I mean I got drank under the fucking table <laughs> by my mom. Right? We got drunk together, and she started telling me about her past loves. Yeah, fun. I found out that before she met my dad, my mom used to date a tall, beautiful, Australian millionaire with a fucking yacht, right? What the fuck, mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> Look, I don't dislike my dad at all. My dad's a great guy, love him, everything. He's just not an Australian millionaire who used to bang my mom on a yacht, okay? <laughs> you know what he is? He's a tall, or he's a 5'6", uh, the opposite of tall, <laughs> former postal employee who's into two things, the Lord Jesus Christ, and reruns of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> you know what he's not into? 
having a fucking boat, right? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, Mom could have inherited an accent, right? At least like a big-ass knife. <laughs> Crikey. Uh, one thing I did inherit from my dad, I don't know if you could tell, uh, is being under six foot. That's right. <laughs> kind of a short person, you know, nothing wrong with it, but I'm sick of tall people. Fuck them. I'll come out and say it, okay? I'm sick of their self-confidence. I'm sick of the heels on their shoes. I'm sick of how they're driving up the price of long pants for me, okay? It's not a jealousy thing either, okay? I got plenty of stuff going on down here. Uh, can still get a car bed if I wanted one, right? Ladies, I'm not saying I have a car bed, but if I wanted one, right? I can still get light-up Skechers in my size, right? Can still fit into a Mazda Miata. Great ride, right? Plus, when society collapses and all you tall, brittle bone savages are running around bopping each other over the head for blankets for warmth and shit, me and my whole squad will still be uh, snug as a bug under one big beach towel. Absolutely, right? A bit of a life hack. Short people, cheap blankets. Let's see. I'm going to make sure I uh, do a different set for the one person who's probably listened to this whole thing. <laughs> this whole, you know, um, let's see. I haven't written that one. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say something that's probably controversial in San Francisco. It's the same in Portland. Uh, I like my landlord. Okay? I really, I kind of like my landlord. He's got a lot of good qualities, okay? Uh, for example, I've never met him. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, I need my landlord, because when you really think about it, it's not too long ago in human history where the only way to have a house was to have built that house or just killed the dude who built that house, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. I need that relationship, okay? I'm not. I'm not uh, handy, okay? I find Legos very confusing. I once cut my hand folding laundry. I don't know how that happened, right? I don't know how to find shelter without signing a contract that my dad had to co-sign, so I need my landlord. Uh, I'll get out of here on this real quick. Um, a lot of the time, like every year around Halloween, something pops up that I have to deal with, and uh, having a lot of white friends, it's um, blackface and Halloween costumes, right? And white people, I'm gonna give you the secret to blackface right now. Uh, the thing about blackface is, uh, if you do it good enough, nobody ever finds out about it. <laughs> it's a disguise. Okay, thank you guys, I'm Thomas Lundy. Guess who's in the feeling? Guess who's in the feeling? Guess who's in the feeling? Galliette! Walk in the door, light the room, fashionista in the tech boom. Wow. Do I got my face on? No? Do I not have the face? I don't have the face. Yeah. All right, you guys. Up next, we uh, have Tory Ward here. Hi. Hi, guys. Can I s How do you feel about the structural integrity of that? Probably limited. How's it going? I am. Um, 
I was, uh, boy, you're so close to me. I, okay, let's do this. I'm just going to sit down. I don't want to stand anymore. So, hi. I was, uh, tell you guys some stuff about myself. I was, uh, I grew up, I'm from Oregon. I grew up in Lincoln City, which is a tiny coastal town uh, in Oregon. I was raised by my dad, a single dad, and he, uh, he was kind of a ladies' man. He's been married um, five times, and a uh, couple, yeah, whew, couple living girlfriends in the interim. In between, I was in the car with him recently, and I asked him about one of his girlfriends. Uh, I was like, "Hey, Dad, do you remember Tammy?" And he was like, "No, not really. She was kind of a fling." And I was like, "Well, like called her mom." <laughs> and then he said. To me, yeah, honey, you called a lot of women mom back then. As if I was the promiscuous one. <laughs> like, like, look out for little Tori. She's just bringing home waitresses, trying to find someone to teach her how to use conditioner. I, I was raised by my dad. That means I washed my hair with Irish spring till I was 12 years old. That's what I, whatever. Men are like, what the fuck else are you supposed to wash your hair with? <laughs> Soap, isn't it? I, um... <laughs> lost 60 pounds recently uh, this year. I'm going to gain it back. It's temporary. It's Do you know like 80% of people who are heavy when they lose weight gain it back? 80% of people. It's just a phase we go through, this weight loss thing. It's not a lifestyle change. It's just a temporary phase where our body sheds tissue, I think, in hopes we'll get pregnant. It's like a period, I think. it's We're just, um, anyways, yeah. Things are a little different being smaller. Still big, but getting small. I, I remember I was in the car with my friend, and I, this was back when I was big and sh bigger, and she asked me if I was a feminist, and I was like, of course. And then I was like, what's it mean? And I, she got kind of upset. She's like, well, it's simple. Do you support other women? And I was like, that depends. Are they better looking than I am? <laughs> <laughs> if so, yes, but it's harder. It's more work. It gets tricky. It's tricky when they're hot and you're fat or whatever. People don't like the word fat. It's tricky when they're hot and you're body positive. It's <laughs> I really want to say I used to be fat. Just I mean, sorry, I used to be body positive, but I feel like people wouldn't like it. So I don't. Uh, oh, boy. Let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Yeah. So that's why I'm doing these boxes, because I feel like the bigger I am, the harder it is, you know, to be a good feminist, because I just get bigger and bitter and uh, bigger and bitter uh, <laughs> and upset. Like some days I thought I could be like one Big Mac away from becoming a Republican. Just one, just one cheeseburger away from being like, no, skinny bitch, you have to have that baby. Let's see what it's like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see what you think it's saggy titties i uh yeah super saggy tits i don't know if it's from gaining weight and losing or why i just popped out of the womb with shoegazers i don't know man they're just staring straight down i like them so on the past when i've talked about my tits being saggy i've so okay so there's this comedy club in portland called harvey's that i've hosted at and uh <laughs> they do this thing where comment cards where people fill out comment cards and give them back to you at the end of your set and it's garbage it's horseshit it's terrible and there's always 
these skinny broads and I know they have super perky tits and they I've gotten multiple cards that said when she talked about her boobs it made me feel sad (laughs) I thought this was comedy I I don't but I don't think that's that I like them I think they're endearing they're charmers they're like Michael Sarah titties you know like they're like demure you know and they might have a cocaine problem I'm a fan of them I think feel like my nipples and my belly button are like star-crossed lovers like I'm always having to keep them away from each other you know I'm like what are you doing your families don't get along um <laughs> follow my Montagues in my calf okay whatever I uh I'm going to talk about my boobs some more. This is the thing about them. I don't think they're sexual. I think they might be educated. Like, I think I might have educational titties. Like, I feel like, okay, hear me out. I feel like you could show them in, like, a health class and no mom would get upset. You know, even in, like, conservative areas, I feel like the head of the PTA would be like, those are the champions of the abstinence program we've been looking for. Um, Get those bad boys up in a billboard. Nobody's fucking... Uh, anyway, just kidding. I have a lot of sex. Not recently. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had sex in like a year. The last person I had sex with. Okay. I thought we were dating. Uh, cause he was living with me, uh, in my bed. And you know, <laughs> in retrospect, I think he maybe just needed a place to stay. I think he was homeless. You know, have you ever dated a homeless guy? No. Well, good for fucking you. Have you ever dated... <laughs> someone who's just he's just five hundred dollars short you know of not having to fuck you anymore just like half a paycheck shy of not having to stick it in if he had a job just half a tax return away half a night half a lot of things whole dick though i got the whole thank you dick um <clears throat> just kidding i got like the last two inches of dick my thighs caught a lot of it i got the last okay well whatever true if you're like a big girl you know when you're a big girl you need a lot like you need like eight inches because your thighs take the first four so you need as much as okay whatever (laughs) so this guy a homeless guy dating a homeless guy I feel like there's a couple different ways to look at it right the homeless boyfriend scenario you could look at it one way which is the way that all my friends looked at it which goes something like Oh, my God, honey, I cannot believe that he was taking advantage of you like that. What a piece of shit. Do you know that you're beautiful? No, I don't believe you. I need you to no. I need you to know that you are beautiful and that he is a piece. So that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is that I was forcing a homeless guy to have sex with me for a place to stay. So... <laughs> feel like maybe it's just <laughs> um it's raining outside if you want to get inside here you're gonna have to get inside okay sorry <laughs> I'm gonna tell an inappropriate joke and then I'm gonna go this was the thing about the guy he got it together he got money he got money he got a place to stay he got a job he got a couple rape accusations uh and whew, yeah it was kind of rough you know <laughs> do you guys know that moment when your crush is accused of rape and you're like yeah but like, why isn't he texting me back? You know, like, is, <laughs> is this something I did? Did I use too many emojis? Or I know he might have done something terrible, but, like, does he think I'm fat? Like, what? Okay. Thank you. Wow. 
I get a lot of compliments on my uh, my boobs as well. Walking down the street, it's kind of hard to miss, right? Yeah. All right. All right. Next, we have Billy Sullivan. Please welcome to the stage. Hello. Hi, Mutiny Radio. Thanks for having me. Woo! Awesome. Enthusiasm, right? Isn't it lame? Speaking of lame, I uh, I know I had a toxic father because I'm insecure about drinking kombucha in public. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. Now I was talking to my grandpa. Um, let me move this out of the way before I fiddle with it all, all show. But yeah, I was talking to my grandpa, and he was like, your dad was a man who was always stern, hard, and always did things his own way. And I was like, oh, that's boomer for abusive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I realized it later in life. I um I uh I looked back on my childhood and I realized I was tougher than all the other kids whose dads were abusive. <laughs> brutal, brutal. No, no, no. I'll change the subject though, huh? I know uh I know I'm not getting a good response on it. I uh I'm going to see KISS tonight. Anybody know KISS? Yeah, baby. Fuck yeah. KISS is a band that used to be cool as fuck. Uh, no, KISS is still cool as shit. If you want to know what KISS has been up to um, since their glory days, I can tell you that Ace Freely, the co-founder and lead guitarist of KISS, um, will be the best man at your wedding for $5,000. <laughs> I didn't make that up. Sometimes real life is funnier than anybody could really be. Uh, but I'm not necessarily saying that $5,000 is not a lot of money. Uh, but that's a band with 14 platinum albums. They fucking are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They, uh, I don't know how many Grammys they even have. My man's looking it up right now for me. Thank you. Um, get off your phone. Class is in session. Uh, no, I actually don't give a shit. Keep, keep, keep texting, bro. Keep texting. Um, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, kiss, baby, rock and roll freely. No, yeah. There's one way to describe that kind of behavior: selling your best manhood. That's soul crippling drug addiction, guys. Honestly, I'm sorry to shit on Ace, but I'm seeing him tonight, friends. He's back. This new tour, though, said to be grossing 200 million. At the end of it. So, I lost out on my hopes of getting Ace Freely as my best man. Um, Alright, well, I'll change the subject again. I, um, I, uh, I like to make fun of George Washington, friends. Because the thing about it is we all know that uh, the founding fathers, they weren't like the perfect characters that our government wants us to believe it to be, right? But Washington was way crazier than we all think. That wooden teeth thing, that was a load of bullshit. He actually had real dead people's teeth. Fuck yeah. All different shades, too, because everybody's shades of teeth is different. Straight up. Washington was walking around. <laughs> dead people's teeth. Of course he beat the British at war. Surrender. No, that's crazier than death. You know, like, and then it's like, and that's how... America started. 
you know, with a crazy dude with dead people's teeth. Imagine how it's going to end. But um, back to his exploits. Washington, uh, after the uh, after the battle against the British was won, the war was over, John Adams and all the other lads were like, all right, we're going to make the laws. We got freedom of speech. Yes. We've got right to bear arms. Yes. We've got slavery. And Washington goes, ha, ha, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Nope, didn't get the one laugh that was important, too. That's how you know that one bombed. Yeah. Adventurousness sometimes crashes and burns. Um, you know, maybe I should uh, post an ad saying I'll be your best man for $100. Nobody would take that up, which is sad. $100, nobody. Anyone in this room give me $100 to be the best man? Fuck no. Damn it. Yeah, maybe? Fuck yeah, lit. Oh, my God. We're having a wedding. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. I have blow, too. It'll be cool. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Somebody's calling me. I'm not picking it up. I would, but I'm not uh, creative enough to uh, think of some shit to do on the spot about that. Um, you guys like uh, the jewel? You guys like the jewel? Anybody? Part-time? Part-time jeweler? All right. Well, the rest of y'all are squares. Pick up the jewel, guys. Pick up the habit. Um, I actually disagree. Yeah, yeah. I actually disagree. Um, you should not pick up the habit because I think the jewel is the same shit that they spray into laser tag arenas. <laughs> yeah. That's how they got us all. It was that one birthday party we all went to. Um, but... I think that's all the time I got, sir. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. We are in the tech boom here, laughing away here. All right, please welcome to the stage, Franco Tavini. <laughs> Uh, keep it going for your host, everybody. Come on, let them hear it. Yeah. There we go. Make some fucking noise uh, with your mouths. How are we doing, Mutiny Radio? <laughs> yes, yeah. No, he is, and that's fine, and we know that now. That's good. Uh, guys, been having a good week. Everybody been having a good week, whether it's for the festival or just your lives in general. That's good. A golf clap, that's okay. That's fine. I've been having a pretty good week. Uh, I um. I got to hang out with my nephew this week. It's very cool. I love, love hanging out with my nephew. If you guys don't do this normally, I recommend you uh, hanging out with uh, little kids. You know what I mean? Like, make sure, of course, they're like a kid that you're associated with, like related to or you're allowed to be around. Uh, but just hanging out with kids because they're like the fucking, they're the fucking coolest, man. Like, does anybody have little people in their life that they, they kick it with? And yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're just, fu it's just so cool. It's like having stupid little henchmen, like little drunk, like sidekicks the whole time. It's like the fucking coolest thing. Um, my nephew's dope. He's eight years old. And um, I just like, I think I relate to him. You know what I mean? Because like, um, uh, like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a full grown man. Right. But like, I, I remember being eight years old, like on the inside, you know, I, I am eight. Like right now I'm in the body of an adult man, but you know what I mean? Like at one point I related to a kid cause I used to be in the body of like an eight year old boy. That's a weird thing to say out of context. So I would wish hope nobody ever say that or quote me on that. But 
I, I feel like I relate to him. Like, he's into all the stuff that I was into when I was eight years old. I asked him the other day, I was like, what kind of uh, video games do you guys like? And he's like, oh, he's like, we, you know, we love, uh, I love uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and Minecraft. And you know what I love, I really like is Pokemon. And I was like, dude, I was like, you love Pokemon? That's so, that's so fucking cool. I was like, I was like, you, you love Pokemon? He's like, oh, I'm the biggest Pokemon fan there is. And I was like, that is, that is awesome. Cause that's like, it's such a, you know, unique way. Like before I asked him, I never would have known that my nephew was a fucking poser. You guys, you know, what I mean? like, like I'm the biggest fucking Pokemon fan there is. So he's just lying. My nephew's a very, he's a fun, he's a fun kid. I, um, Sometimes I'll take him with him to go see uh, movies. Like we went and we saw the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. He loves Sonic the Hedgehog. I say that I, I, t- I took him to go see Sonic the Hedgehog, but really I went and I took him with me so that I, as an adult man, could see the Sonic the Hedgehog film because it's frowned upon for a 30-year-old man to be sitting in a movie theater for a children's movie uh, without any kids uh, uh, in his vicinity. It's not, a, it's not an appropriate thing. I, um, <laughs> I, um, he loved it. It was a good, it was a good fucking time. Uh, but the only thing I don't like about hanging out with my nephew, although it's fun, is I don't like hanging out with my nephew because um, I have to go pick him up from school. And the problem with that is, uh, um, and this shouldn't be a problem, but see, here's the deal. My nephew is uh, both Laotian and black. Uh, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Progressive. And um, I, uh, I, uh, the problem with that is, and you guys probably figured this out from the entire time I was standing up on stage, is I am uh, neither of those things. So uh, when I go to pick him up from school, I have never been able to convince any one of his teachers that I'm not just low-key trying to abduct him that day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I walk in, and I've never been able to look them straight in the face and be like, yeah, I'm here to pick up Jalen Sopranith. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. So what are you? <laughs> are you like his stepdad? Or are you, are you mom's boyfriend? Or what? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I'm I'm his uncle, you know. I'm his. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I'm. You know, I'm gonna put you down on the list, and uh, next to your name, I'm gonna write uh, in other uh, parentheses uh, pervert question mark just because I am a mandated reporter and I have to put that down. I'm like, I'm his fucking uncle. It's it's very embarrassing. See, the deal is, uh, it makes it a lot easier when uh, my girlfriend's with me. I can go pick him up from school, and. Um, I go pick him up, and uh, if my girlfriend's with me, it's no problem because my girlfriend's Laotian. It's her brother's son, so there's no issue there. So we go, easy stuff. We sh- she comes with me, and nobody questions. Last time we went, I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to sit in the car. You go inside, pick him up, come back outside. We all go get ice cream, and she's like, that is ridiculous. You can't go do that. that you're going to sit in the car like a dog. You are my partner. He is our nephew. Come inside with me. We will pick him up together. They are not going to think both of us are there to abduct one child. And I was like, you know what? You are absolutely right. They are going to think that I went out and I bought a wife and I am here to (laughs) steal us a child. (laughs) You know, like I can't even afford the whole family. You know what I mean? Like I will be damned if I think anybody finds me cheap. You know what I'm saying? This is disrespectful. You guys like documentaries? Yeah, some noise. <laughs> that was a not very enthusiastic woos. Um, what documentaries do we like in the room? And just one, just name a single documentary you've seen in the last five years. An incon. I liked. I, I supersize me's good, but I liked an inconvenient truth. It's good. It it seems like it had more impact. Actually, it had much less impact than supersize me did. 
But it is a good documentary. My favorite documentary, you guys, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, my favorite documentary of all time is Grizzly Man. Yeah, you guys fuck around with Grizzly Man? That is the greatest documentary. Oh, we're, yeah, okay, we're there. Um, I was going to explain this documentary, but I don't have time to. So just go out and watch it, guys. This is an endorsement for Grizzly Man. This entire thing has been. Thank you very much, guys. Keep it going for your host, everyone. It's late in the Oh, man. Here we go. That was great. That was awesome. I got that documentary on my, my, my calendar for tonight. Uh, up next, we have Rob M. Welcome to the stage. What's up, guys? Uh, so uh, I used to be a vegan. Uh, you can tell because I'm still trying to let you know. You know, it was like the worst decision I've ever made because I was probably doing it wrong. I don't know. I was like green, passing out. My burps were like my farts. It was pretty gross, you know. Uh, there was a, but when I did uh, stop being a vegan, I will be personal. Like the first time I had a piece of steak, uh, I had an immediate erection. I was afraid. I, it, it wasn't like, oh, I love meat. It was like the steak just went straight to my dick. My dick was like, yeah, this is what we wanted the whole time. It was the meat. It was the meat, man. It was also at dinner, too, so I had to, like, hide it from my mom. Like, Mom, it's not you. It's the food. I swear. Sorry. I'm sorry. Cool, man. Cool. Uh, I don't understand uh, when people say they beat depression, you know, because you never hear people say depression won because those people are dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I have had some sadness, too, man, right? But, like... <laughs> What helped me out of that a little bit was exercise, definitely exercise, man. You know, like with all this like body positivity thing and like accepting yourself, right? I feel like there's no better pre-workout than feeling not enough. You know, like nothing gets me out to the gym than being like, they don't know me. They don't know me. Fuck everybody, man. Right? I know. I feel like anybody running at 2 a.m. in the morning is a murderer. I really do think that, you know. It's like, where is the scene you're running from, man? That stamina is guilty. <laughs> Nothing like a murder to get that extra mile, dude. I also feel like uh, people who walk backwards on treadmills are in abusive relationships, I do think. It's like, no, never again, never again, never again. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Bro, I searched up mutiny comedy thing, and the first thing that came up was the fight that happened. So, like, the whole time I was just working out in the gym. I wasn't even, like... I was like preparing to fight here, dude. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. So someone come at me. No, please don't. Okay. I have a safe word when I meet women. It's, it's called I have a boyfriend. Yeah, they hi I hit him right away. <laughs> they don't like me. I think there is a somebody for everybody, though. You know? Because don't you guys get happy when you see a couple? And they're ugly. I mean, I've never been in a relationship before, but like that's what helps me sleep at night. You know, just, they're all ugly anyways, man. They're all ugly. You know. Yeah, I I like to stare at women. You like to do that that game. You know, like the stare game. You know, when you look at them and they look at you and you just keep playing the game. I always lose at that game. I know I lose because I look at them and they stop looking back at me. That's how I know I lose. Just me like, please, I have so much more to give, please. Nice. Nice. Uh, I have a friend. I had a friend. He wanted to drop acid, right? 
and uh, he wanted me to be there with him. Uh, he wanted me to be sober and like ask him questions. So we hung out and he dropped acid. And the only question I would ask him was uh, if he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And uh, he didn't want to talk to me, man. But that's how I feel like with Jehovah Witnesses, right? Uh, that's why I feel like with Jehovah Witnesses. Like, I feel like they would have a better reception if they knocked on doors and were like, hey, we got some weed. We just want to talk about God. I feel like a lot more people will let them in instead of them being like, your days are numbered, you know? It's just California. got to know your market. Okay, I will say this before I leave. Uh, you guys know how canceled plans feel relaxing? You know, when your plans get canceled, you can relax? You think that's how the fetus feels before it's aborted? Yeah, it's a slow burn. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that sounds like the President of the United States. Wow. That's a band. Yeah, I wasn't talking about anything else. Up next uh, to the stage, please welcome Sam Carroll. Great. That's going to sound really good on the podcast. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you guys right now. I, I had a really good set the other night. Like, like really good. So I'm not going to do comedy right now. And instead, I'm just going to play my set from the other night. <laughs> and I did the same thing with the audience that I did with you with the microphones. So we're just going to add to the laughter. Okay. I like this. This is voluntary. Okay. It's involuntary, right? Yeah, no, it's pretty I don't want to judge, but I think you gave it to the three worst audience I've ever Oh, what, are, what, the, what does that mean? I thought mean? someone was talking to me. Put your hands together for Cross Sam Carroll, everyone. Oh, that's Frosty Nugs. He's introducing me right now. I'm just going to read you guys a story that uh -huh. I wrote today. That's me. At lunchtime <laughs> over a kielbasa, an un undercooked kielbasa. That's why I had no time to prepare a set. I had diarrhea. Don't listen to that at all. <laughs> uh, I live with my parents. I call the female mom and the male David. <laughs> that wasn't my choice. You hear that laughing? He always thought it was gay for another man to call him dad. <laughs> so I just called him Dave or, or Big Dick Dave. All right, Pam, will you pause it right now? <laughs> Pass the hummus. So do you guys understand that joke, like why it's funny? Yeah. All right, good. You can play uh, no, it. No, I don't. What? <laughs> I saw it. I was 12, completely by accident. He was in the shower. He was using a lot of body wash, really <laughs> lathering up, and I slipped on it, you know, and I, and I was just on my back. I was confronted with it head on, you know, the eye of Mordor. Pause it, pause it, pause it. So that, joke's, so that joke's funny because what I hold from the audience is that the fact that I'm showering with my dad and I slip on the body. I actually got a concussion while that happened and I was in such a dazed state it, that it could have been bigger than I remember it. Anyways, are you guys following? Are we meant to believe this is a true story? Oh, yeah, 100% true. Oh, okay. I'm scared and I need an adult. And I was just on my back. I was confronted with it. Head on, you know, the eye of Mordor. <laughs> As you can tell, it's it tough very to similar. talk about. Don't look directly at it, Samwise. My name is Sam, by the way. I'm Sam Carroll. Hi, how are you guys? <laughs> That's why that joke works. Thank you. It's a good joke. <laughs> Most people out. 
But I had to know in that moment what I was going to be packing when I was older. <laughs> My dad had a North Korean ICBM. It was pointy at the top. It had fins. He had a fucked up dick. I think he was in an accident when he was younger. <laughs> I think he was. All right, all right, all right. That's enough of that, Pam. Cut that out, please. God damn it, for the love of God. All right, now that that's over, I guess I can begin my material. All right, are we, uh, are we in STD room? Just big fans of STD. Woo, I have an STD too. Cool, awesome, great. Um, I'm not afraid of STDs at all, which is why I have them. What I am afraid <laughs> of is sexual fetishes that I'm not ready for, you know? These days, these days you run into some pretty hairy stuff. Uh, the other day, I was with a woman. I was driving. I met her on the side of the road. <laughs> she introduced herself as Party. Uh, that was her name. It was also the only word she was saying to me was Party. Party, Party. She was a prostitute, I think. Um, but my first impression was that she had a money fetish. And I fucked that joke up, but it's okay. Because you understand the concept, I think. It's a little bit like workshop here, except I'm workshopping myself. I knew another girl who had a choking fetish. She had a choking fetish, and I know what you're thinking. That sounds like a lot of hard work. You're a skinny guy, Sam. But I'll tell you what. This brain's not brawn thing. It pays off, because I found out she had a peanut allergy. Yeah. So <laughs> I took a little bit of Skippy, you know, the creamy stuff. I wasn't trying to kill her. And I, uh, I put a little bit right under her nose in kind of a, a Hitler-esque way. And then I fucked her doggy style. Yes. So that joke works. All right, thank you, guys. My name is Sam Crow. <laughs> podcast and a podcast and a podcast it's like this mutiny radio rabbit hole all right we got one more comic for you kevin mick me kevin welcome to the stage so there's actually like um say this on a public forum but back in boston where i'm from there's another comic whose name is kevin quigley uh, and he's worse than I am, but I was second, so I got to use my middle initial. So that says Kevin M. Quigley. Uh, we also have the same middle name, so it's actually not distinguishing. But I should probably tell you some jokes, guys. I have a list of jokes I want to work on on my phone. I might look at it. I don't normally do that, but I'm very high today because I had to cancel out this hangover I had. I went off the rails, guys. I've been drinking way too much this trip, and uh, I think I need to stop. I think I need to stop for the same reasons I stopped being a Roman Catholic. Uh, just makes you feel bad about yourself. No one quite knows where the money goes, and I don't want to get molested. So, okay. Who's your favorite mathematician, miss? I don't mean to pick on you. Euclid, that's a good one. Euclidean. Let's grit it up. Let's grit it. He's not a square. See what I did there? My favorite is L'Hopital. L'Hopital, he was an interesting guy. He made L'Hopital's rule something about algebra. I don't actually remember what it was. But the cool thing about this L'Hopital guy, fuck, you know, his name was Demov. I fucked it up. Okay, L'Hopital, he was probably a kid he did. Like, Demov is the guy that we're talking about. He is a great, he, he was getting old, and he realized he was sleeping a little bit more every day, right? 
So he came up with an equation where he could calculate the day where he'd be sleeping 24 hours, and he predicted, on that day, I will die. And he was right. Some meth had broke into his apartment and stabbed him to death. I know, they raped his daughter, too. It was kind of a scene. This wasn't a math joke, guys. It was... I, I hit, it's horrible. Poor, oh, Mr. Wav. He used to answer my emails. He's going to write me a recommendation. Uh, I'm here in San Francisco. I like it here. Uh, I think uh, tomorrow I'm going to go to the Golden Gate Bridge, you know. Pretty cool bridge. Anyone, any bridge fans? Now you guys are tired of it, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit of an alert there, right? because there's, like, a fog that sometimes rolls in and out of the bridge. So, like, it's like the one-time hot girls who seem to always be traveling get their Instagrams fucked up, and I'm always supporting that, guys. And obviously, you know, there's a little bit of a controversy. It's the number one suicide bridge in the U.S. Uh, so they put up those nets. I don't really understand the philosophy of the net, because, like, say you're some guy in Alabama who's, like, lost his job and the wife took the kids and you got nothing left so you drive all the way across the country and you get to the Golden Gate Bridge and then you jump off and it's like you know you always wanted to see Japan you got time to see Japan now what about poetry you used to write poetry Carol told you needed a stable job but you, you don't you can do your poetry now yeah I don't think that happens guys Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of other monument jokes. <laughs> My least favorite monument, the Four Corners. It's literally just a border where four states meet, and they just decided, hey, this is, like, there's no history there. Literally, the history of the Four Corners is a bunch of guys got together, and they were like, hey, why don't we cut up the states this way? It's like, no, why don't we make confusing jagged lines like the rest of the states? Paul, your services are no longer needed. That was the entire history of the Four Corners. Now mouth breathers travel from all parts of the country to be like, ooh, Colorado, Utah. We're in all the states, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico. Nevada's not one. Co I haven't done this bit in a while. Colorado, Utah, New Mexico. Uh, all this interstate travel is making me hungry. I hope there's a cracker barrel down the road. I think they need to build a wall around the Four Corners. Take the joy out of it, folks. I think the only way to make the Four Corners interesting would be if you had active warrants in three out of four states. You could kind of just taunt people there, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Can't get me because I'm New Mexican. I am New Mexican, guys, because if a white guy moves to New Mexico, he can call himself a New Mexican. Though there's no rule against that. They were so busy trying to make it in the shape of a corner, they didn't figure that part out, and that's been my time. Bye-bye. Hey, that's been J.W. Megawig. Wait, bring back the Candyman. Candyman, get up there. Say goodbye to everybody. Hey, this is usually a music show. Thank you so yeah, much, Yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming out, everyone yeah. that traveled all over the, the world, and, you know, by, by car, by train. By plane, and um, regardless of the whole coronavirus thing that's going on, to to fight through it and to be here, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you
is your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week get your tickets now on eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the u.s coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95824.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch all 